You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you're doing well, healthy, you're happy, peaceful, and content. If you're not and you're having a moment, that's okay too. I'm right here with you. This week, I don't have an intro because I am flying solo. I'm doing a solo episode for the first time in quite a while. And I'm really excited because I wanted to take some space and share with you some updates and thoughts um, in light of the fact that I just had my first live event called Off the Mic. If you were at Off the Mic this past weekend in Los Angeles, thank you so much for coming. And if you weren't there but wanted to be there, first of all, you were there in spirit. But second of all, hopefully we can bring this event out to you. I co-hosted Off the Mic with uh, two amazing other Asian-American female-run podcasts, Perfectly Imperfect Podcast and Asian Boss Girl. So shout out to Christine, Regina, Helen, Mel, and Janet. Um This was an idea that we had a few months ago and just went all in on it, worked together, uh, and very organically brought it to life. It was, I think, just very timely. We felt conviction and motivation to make something in real life out of the podcast and the audio spaces that we've been creating on the air and meet people and create more community amongst our listeners. And it was just a brilliant, amazing, fabulous day. Uh, I won't harp on things because there's obviously things that we want to improve. And if you were an attendee, don't worry, you're getting a survey (laughs) coming your way so that we can get the feedback. But overall, I'm so thrilled at how the day turned out and have a lot of learning lessons that came out of it. And just in general, wanted to regroup here in episode 87 because, yeah, I'm at episode 87. I think it's about time. For those of you who've been listening along It's been over two years of creating this podcast. I started off on a whim at the encouragement of Marvin Yue, my audio engineer producer, and I'm very grateful that I took a chance and listened to his encouragement and listened to other friends who encouraged me that I had a voice and that I knew some really interesting people and took a chance to just make that first episode and see how it would go and not bank too much on it. And um, from there, I think that something really beautiful has has come to fruition and has developed over time. I had no idea what it would become. I had no idea what I was going to be going through and what I would be open to sharing on air. Um, But in the last 87 episodes, it's been a lot of growth. It's been a lot of pain and a lot of hardship. And I think it's worth recognizing where I'm at right now because with Off the Mic, there there was a manifestation and an actualization of some things that had been buried deep down inside of me that I'd wanted to share with the world, but I was kind of scared to. And uh, and now we're here. And that's why I'm so grateful to this event, because everything is a progression. And sometimes things just need time to germinate and to be watered and, I don't know, given proper inspiration to then be put into action. 
And that's why I have so much gratitude towards my co-host for being so gracious and welcoming me into the planning committee and wanting to create space for my listeners and for my voice as much as theirs. It was such a generous and supportive group. And it also really motivated me because I do admire and respect them so much to honestly level up to where they're at. I I have all these episodes under my belt, but I have felt a massive amount of imposter syndrome. That's something we talked about on Saturday. And it's something that's very relatable and very commonly felt throughout, you know, it seems like all of our listeners, whether they identify as male or female, whatever generation, there's so many forms in which we feel like we're a fraud or we're not good enough or that we're not legitimate enough. And I've certainly been feeling all of that in spades in many aspects of my life and really working towards really working towards emotionally getting out of that that feeling and out of that headspace because I just I knew deep down it wasn't serving me. There's so many other people that I genuinely admire and respect that I I can see in the way that they move and speak and occupy space that they're not as caught up in this imposter syndrome that they're just living and and living their best selves and living their best lives and in doing so are empowering others. That's that's really what the goal was. That's what the vision has always been. So in light of off the mic, uh, one update, I guess, that I can share that I've been alluding to in various episodes up until now was that I was developing merch. Uh, this is something that I had planned to do. And quite frankly, I was obligated to do since the very beginning of this podcast. And so I have to say, take responsibility and say I'm sorry to all my Patreon patrons who've been waiting for like a T-shirt or something to to come out of, you know, their patronage. And thank you so much for your grace and generosity and backing me anyway, even though I didn't meet my end of the bargain and give you the thing that I promised a certain level of patrons on up. Um, it means a lot. And I don't want to ignore that or take that for granted that people continue to support me, even though that merch, that thing that I had promised um, wasn't coming to life. You know, and I think that also fed into this imposter syndrome. It further fed into this feeling of irresponsibility and not being like a true professional or being somebody that could be true to her word. I think those tiny things, at least for me, can really chip away at my sense of integrity and my 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 sense of responsibility. And whether I'm conscious of it or not, I think it is embeds itself in my brain and I know that there's something that I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not or that I said I would be doing that I haven't fulfilled yet and they just further deepen that nagging voice of like you're not good enough you're not professional like you can't even where's your merch line Minji where's it at you said you're gonna do it where's it at and um yeah so again I apologize that is my fault and um in light of what has occurred with Off the Mic, I I feel like I made a bit of a breakthrough in getting over that. A, by being just motivated being around other women. And I have to distinguish that I wasn't motivated that I needed to, at least in the beginning, I think I, I was like, oh, I need to be on their level. But as I got to know them and spend more time with them, I was genuinely just motivated to leave my particular imprint. I don't know. It's, again, something really refreshing about other people being themselves and just doing their thing kind of lets you let loose and just, I can do my thing. Oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I could design something and just see how it goes. People are, you know, sending us all these encouraging words that they want to come meet us in person. I I would like to meet my end of the bargain and have something to share with them 
um, that could also potentially be a revenue stream and build my business and allow me to have financial freedom so I can continue to create because I've committed to this podcast and it's something I want to do. Um, so out of that merch line came these stickers. And it honestly is the title of this podcast that everything's going to be okay because I guess having something physical and having something tangible that I had so much self-conscious, fearful, anxious, uh, obsessiveness over that it became something simple and fun and real really kind of shifted something in me. It was something that I was proud to make, that I was excited to make, that I had fun collaborating with my friend Michelle Hanabusa from We Are Uprisers to work with other people that I respect and admire and that I look at their stuff and I'm like, wow, your stuff is so dope. That'd be really cool to work with you. And having that idea and making it a real thing, there's something about going through that process and making it real that just shifts. You know, the experience of the doing is what changes people. You can theorize so many things and you can wonder about so many things. And I'm all about daydreaming and visualizing. I'm all about that stuff. I think it's so much more likely to come to life when you can visualize it and make it an idea that's real in your head. But to get it out of your head and into real life is just something really extraordinary. And I think it's something to celebrate and something I think I was withholding from myself for a lot of different reasons that I mentioned earlier driven by fear, driven by um, my own criticism of myself and all these hangups that prevented me from moving forward. So um, yeah, I didn't mean for this to be like about my merch first and foremost, but it was something very meaningful for me, more than just an item to sell, but an extension and expression of myself and something I wanted to put in the world that I feel could be really positive and helpful. Um so since we're already talking about it, I'll just finish it. <laughs> um, I made these stickers and I, I started with three designs. The first and foremost that I was always really passionate about and that I felt really, uh, what's the word? Like cosmically in tune. I felt really aligned. Like I, I was like, oh, this is, this is me. This is first of all. This is what I think I've been building and saying for these 80 plus episodes all along for over two years. And it was centered around one episode that I did and one little practice that I implemented in my life, which was writing the phrase, I am enough on all of my mirrors. And I actually put that as a wallpaper on my phone. And I can I can say with very true conviction that as of the moment that I decided to do that, going through the action and having that phrase around me all the time, it was something that genuinely shifted something in my energy, in my mindset. And I really think that things started accelerating. I think things would have happened regardless, but I think it accelerated me getting right with myself and looking at myself with more loving and compassionate eyes because saying the words and believing things and and having repetition in your belief and in your thought can do wonders. And I wanted to share that because I know that there are so many of my friends and so many people that I care about and so many strangers that I care about, even if I don't know you and will never meet you or have never met you. I think the world would be a much better place if we could just for many more seconds than we do on the regular now, think and believe and say to ourselves, I am enough. We don't even have to go as far as saying, I'm amazing. I'm a boss, babe. I mean, those are all amazing affirmations too. But I think just being enough is enough. And I think making decisions, having relationships, um, 
building businesses, creating families, all of these things, if these are rooted, if these actions and these, uh, this, the energy and the love springs out of a foundation of I am enough, I am whole, and I am, you know, I'm not deficient in anything, I'm not insufficient or lacking. Man, I just, I honestly, I get very emotional thinking about that. I think that that would yield such amazing results. And that is something that I do passionately want to put in the world. And that's something that I want to create. And if I could do that through a sticker as a start, hell yeah, sign me up. I'm on board. And for it to look beautiful and for it to be something that I would want to put on my laptop or on my phone case or on my mirror, like this is something I am already gifting. I'm sending this to friends. Um, I'm sending it to my mother, like to my father. I want my brothers to have, you know, I want to create a whole thing of of affirmation. So just FYI, this is like the beginning of many, but I want them to look amazing. I want them to be high quality and I want them to make a difference. That's really what I want. I want them to be a fixture that can make um, an energy shift and feel good because I think we deserve that. And I think there's a lot of healing that is already in, in process. And if I can help contribute to that and accelerate that, then I feel like I will have done something really, really good in this lifetime and in this world. So the I'm Enough sticker is an embodiment of all of that. And uh, I do have some, if you if you want one, DM me. But um, it was I'm Enough and it was, it was uh, Resilient AF. I thought that was just like my sassy representation. And Michelle did such a great job designing it as a hand holding a fan. It's got a little Asian inspiration, but it's just, I don't know, it's just fire. I love it. It was actually designed as an an enamel pin, and we will be making those, but we transferred it into sticker format. And then the third is the one that's the title of this podcast, which is Everything's Going to Be Okay. And it's just that loving reminder. It's a loving reminder from me to you, from any friend, whoever voice you hear when you say that, if it's you telling yourself that, all the better. But I think we need reminders that as crazy as life can get, as stressful as life can get, if you're anything like me and have as many thoughts per minute as I do about what you need to do and who you're not, you know, pleasing or what thing you forgot or, you know, what the future holds your 401k, your future children's college fund, I don't know. And then also, you know, your thigh gap, whatever nonsense enters your mind and whatever important stuff enters your mind. We have enough on our plates. We have enough on our minds. I think it's great to have a little reminder that looks cute um, to remind us that everything's going to be okay. Those are my three stickers. I committed to it. I felt scared as hell to put my own money down to like order it, to like approve it and say, this is a representation of me. Please accept it, if you will. And it was really wonderful and satisfying and just uplifting to see that people wanted them and that they bought them. I just, I don't know. I felt like a legit brand. And I never thought that I would be calling myself that. It's just such a bizarre thing. And I don't think that's the thing that I think makes the biggest difference. You know, whatever. I'll unpack that at a later time, but it was just a really cool thing. That's my honest truth. I, I was very tickled by all of that. I was like, wow, this is really cool, really amazing. Um, that I had the guts to do this, that I like believed in myself and that other people believed in me and collaborated with me to bring this to life. So that's the update on the merch. It finally is here. Um, I'm expanding upon it. And now that the event is over and we're just kind of regrouping and figuring out what the next steps for off the mic are, definitely want to expand First of all, um, would love to expand, you know, the community, the listenership, 
do more meetups, um, make more fun merch that could be cute and empowering and just fun to have and that people could give to other people. I'm getting, I don't know, this bigger surge that I want to, I want to make more money so I can give more. I always wanted to, but now I'm actually saying the words. But in any case, um, I also want to say that along with my merch, I want to put a request out there because... I want to do something good with the money that I make, not only to sustain me and, and and put my oxygen mask on first, but also to contribute back to something that I care about because money is just another form of energy and I want to put that energy where I think people can benefit. So I'm seeking um, mental health organizations, foundations, uh, suicide prevention foundations that I can give back to and... Uh, talk with some friends who are good with money and and have good recommendations on how to go about that so that what I make, I can give a portion back to people who need that. And even if it's a little bit of money, I still think I know for a fact as a freelancer and as uh, an artist that every little bit helps. And somebody who used to run a nonprofit and is still on the board of that nonprofit, every little bit helps. And I know how strapped for cash these nonprofits and foundations um, can be and how purpose-driven they are. So if you have an organization that you highly recommend to me, please DM me at First of All Pod um, or at Minjeezy or email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. Definitely want to hear your recommendations and I'll do my own research, but, you know, I have a listenership. So please tell me what's good <laughs> and I'll listen. So yeah, thank you for that in advance. Um, that's a big update, I guess. And Again, to everybody who uh, came out to Off the Mic, really quickly want to recap what the format of that day was. We we really wanted to make it a full day, but we didn't know what would be too much or what would be enough. This was our first event together, um, but we formatted it from 11 to 4.30. We had two one-hour panels with Q&As, and then we had uh, breakout sessions. And we covered so many different topics. We talked about transitioning in life, whether that's in careers or relationships. Um, we talked about mental health. We talked about creating businesses or innovating and how we, what processes we went through to build our podcasts and to get to the place that we are in our careers and in life in general. Our breakout sessions went into sex and dating. It went into body image and positivity. It went into surviving the corporate world. And then uh, my personal breakout session was with Janet from Asian Boss Girl. We got to talk with a really big group of people about freelancing and the side hustle. And I'm telling you from these discussions, you know, I've been so fortunate to be in these kinds of settings with collaboration. Um, One of the things I'm the most proud of that I think I'll ever have done in life was to create the Empower Conference with my teammates. And um, that conference is for collaboration for Asian Americans who want to get into the entertainment industry, whether that's in front of the camera or behind the scenes. And that's every year. And to see how that's grown and the kind of people that have come through, like like Ali Wong and, you know, dumbfounded, like having these people come and share space and give their their honest, true advice and the hard lessons they've had to learn blows my mind. So I've been in these spaces for a while and it's really incredible, but um, not but. And to be in this space with off the mic with a predominantly female Asian American audience But again, not just exclusively. Everyone who was in that space had this vulnerability and this openness to listen and learn and to share that really shook me. Like, I was shook. And um, 
you know, I've been in these environments and put on other events, but there's something really special about it. And I think it was really great. So people were generous with their resources. There were people talking about, you know, how to manage their day and do time management with like resources like Trello. There were recommendations about where to learn new skills if you wanted to switch to a new career. They recommended Skillshare, General Assembly, doing boot camps. I mean, the amount to which people were connecting and sharing was really fantastic. And that's why I'm always going to be a big proponent for live events and why being in a room with somebody is a really special thing. And that sharing that energy and being able to have that eye contact and that body language and that tone um, is is a really unique setting. And it's a great way for people to really connect and grow. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to give that recap of how that day went. We had tons of free food. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Um, they gave so many great so many great eats. We had Booze Philly cheesesteaks. We had Haven City brought coconuts that they cracked open. And we all got to have like fresh coconut water. It was fabulous. And we had Cafe Dulce with the sandwiches. And we had uh, Fat Dragon LA with the noodles. It was just also good. And we had just water. It was the generosity was so real. And um, everybody contributed so much. And thank you to all the boyfriends and friends and volunteers who helped set up and everything. We It was a very DIY experience. So we're excited to partner with more people. We got people hollering from New York, from Seattle, from San Diego, from Toronto. Um, we'll see where this goes, but it, it certainly was not the last event. So putting that out there. Um, but really to get to the life update of why um, I wanted to make this week be the time where I could share the everything's going to be okay message was I'm very quickly approaching an anniversary of mine um, that, let's <laughs> bring it down a little bit, um, I'm I'm just coming upon the anniversary of one year from when I found out that one of my best friends had, had died, had committed suicide. And it's a very profound thing for me to realize that at this time last year, you know, you just have to take into account like how much things have changed. Uh, I don't even remember what I said on that podcast when I shared that that had happened, but maybe you'll go listen to it. Uh, maybe you won't. The long and short of it is one of my very best friends and my first love uh, he, he passed away. He, he committed suicide and that happened actually last summer. And I didn't find out until a couple months later. So it was October of last year when I found out. And, um, I kind of thought about sharing how I found out and all that. It was, for lack of better words, it was pretty traumatic, but, um, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't think I'm ready to share that just yet. But what I will say is that this this person, um, he was a very complicated figure in my life. As I said, he was my first love, and we were ten years old, and that's a very it's a very interesting thing to experience. I think it's a very rare thing. I don't think just anybody gets to share, you know, a first love experience that young. Sometimes ever. And I'm aware of that. And I don't think I ever took that for granted that even in my 30s, I can look back. And I know because we remained such close friends after that, um, that was very real for both of us. 
that he was in love with me. I was in love with him and we were 10 years old. There were a lot of really, really, uh, for lack of better words, very cosmic things that bonded us. Just like where we lived. I I used to live, I moved into his old house. Like there are weird serendipitous things that at a young age, I really... You know, I was a really big believer in like kind of the fairy tale mentality and the destiny and fate mentality. And to this day, I still think that there is truth to that. I don't think I've become so jaded or so practical that I don't believe in that kind of magic. The same way I applies to everything in my life. I believe that there are signs. I believe that there are ways that we're kind of signaled. Doesn't mean that we always listen to them or doesn't mean that we interpret it the way it's meant to be quote unquote we are still creatures of choice and we have a lot of power and um we can determine a lot of our own fate for sure we can alter our fate but um there's some really really profound things that tied the two of us together and um he moved away when we were 12 you know obviously we were in love with each other but there's you know there's only so much you we never did any he was the first person whose hand I held um and I think you know you just there's something very very special about that there's something you don't uh let go of kind of and that you hold very sacred when it's a first love and he and I stayed you know we stayed in touch and I found out that there were a lot of things that my friend hid from me as much as I think he let me in emotionally I think he let he let me know who he was on a deeper level and I'll always hold that dear to my heart till I till I'm gone and after <laughs> um I think I knew his true heart but I didn't know everything he was all like entirely how that was manifesting in his life I knew that he struggled with being bullied a bit um he moved to Texas where he was really struggling to fit in as a Korean-American young man in his early teens. Um, I didn't know to what extent that affected him, what he started doing, and how he started acting. He hid a lot for me that I found out throughout the year after he died. Um, there was part of me that felt really conflicted about sharing anything. I'm a person that processes a lot of things with people close to me. But I wanted to give space to his family. And quite frankly, I'm very grateful for that because I think I needed a lot of time to process everything and to grieve. Last year, when I found this out, I was not in a good place myself. And I think that incident further deepened me into a very deep despair and grief that then I was managing on top of being financially unstable, obviously still freelancing, Um and just honestly dealing with the layers, literally the decades that I have known my friend and how deep of an impact he had had on my life and how many things I had rationalized and tried to kind of keep at an arm's length to keep myself emotionally safe and how much my family and fr some of my you know close friends all knew about him and worried about me about how much I worried about him and how much he affected me. Um, and dating Kenji and putting him through you know, my grief process over this first love guy of mine that I just, it was just so layered. It was a lot. Um, and I'm thankful to everybody who was by my side during that time. 
So it's just really, the reason I share this is I'm still processing and I, I feel a lot of conviction about the stigmas around mental health, specifically in Korean American, Asian American universes. There's, there's still stigma anywhere, but I do feel that there's a distinction with how much depression is rampant in our community and how much people don't talk about it. And it's hard because there are people who need to talk about it and they don't know how. They don't know how to um they don't know how to even face that in themselves or admit that they, there's a problem. Um my friend dealt with it with substances that I didn't know, that I partially knew and I think I ignored. There's just so much that I I'm grappling with because I feel like I was just such a terrible friend or that I was hoping for the overly optimistic or hoping for the best or not wanting to get too involved. I don't know. It's again, so layered and everyone's relationships are layered. I don't know what anybody else is going through, but this, again, it's just what I went through. Um, in any case, the amount of truth that I had to deal with in the aftermath about myself, about him, about our relationship, about the reality of his struggle, about the reality of mine, the way that I coped with hardship and the way I could lash out at others, the way I could isolate myself. It was very revealing time and it was a very difficult time. Um, these are things I care very deeply about. I, I've been through a lot of different things as people get to know me, as I get to share them. Um, and I don't want to hide from that. There's there's a level of self-protection that I feel that I don't want to air all my dirty laundry. I don't want people to think badly of me. I don't want people to judge my mistakes and all the things that I did out of just pure stupidity or just being naive or being a young girl in love or being overly idealistic or the the influence of my religious background or whatever like it's it sucks to put that out on the table and say here know this about me and form your own opinion it's it's terrifying which is what i think is at the core of the problem why people don't want to face up to certain hardships or quote unquote flaws or quote unquote inadequacies my friend let me in and I continue to talk about it with him. We went through long periods of time where we didn't talk and I would worry, I would obsess. And there's a lot of things that I'm still forgiving myself because I feel like I made it worse at times. The guilty part of me feels like in the time that he took away from me, I felt like I hurt him more because I would leave him these like really dramatic, sorrowful voicemails just telling him like how sad I was that he wasn't picking up my calls or that I'm worrying about I don't know like I had indications that he felt worse he told me straight up like he sent me different things like you know Minji called me today and I can't I feel so I feel like a the most terrible person like I I know that uh me reaching out to him caused pain in him but I don't know man it's it's just a lot that I um have been processing a lot on my own, partially with my brother, partially with my parents, with friends, and with Kenji, um, and trying to navigate that. And with my therapist, too, um, literally do, doing hypnotherapy to try to, like, heal and resolve these, like, really deep wounds. 
it's been a lot. It's been a huge process. And I've spent this entire last year still dealing with that. And because I'm at this anniversary point of that, that moment, that turning point, I felt like it was important to acknowledge it. Um, because I want to acknowledge it. I mean, we're switching energies a lot in this podcast, but I'm so grateful to be where I am now. I miss my friend very much and I'm um, doing my very best to like be there for myself and be there for his family from a genuine place because I care and love all of them and I care and love myself to recognize that everything, I truly believe everything is going to be okay and that you can possibly be at a really dark place in your life and trying to find that end of the time light at the end of the tunnel and maybe you even know like me like I'm still a very optimistic person but that doesn't mean that I'm exempt from going to that dark place and when we're there it can feel like you're just not never going to get out of it even when you intellectually know things are going to be okay even when you know you've been through hard things and there's another day there were days where I'm like I wasn't going to act upon it, but I certainly thought and I felt like, what's the point of all of this? What is the point? It just felt so dark. And it was a downward spiral um, from the thing, the truth of what um, I learned about my friend, the things that I was trying to forgive myself for, and just trying to still survive too on top of all of that I think it would have been different if I had had a stable job a nine to five that could give me you know leave of absence or paid take vacation days but for me dealing with that while also trying to (laughs) be peppy as an actor and do voiceover auditions and like try to sell someone else's product with my my body and my voice it was it was a really tough time and um I struggled to get up each day and have the same conviction or same purpose or same hope that everything was going to be all right. But I will say that I did believe at the end of the day with everything that I've been through, I did believe everything was going to be okay. I just didn't know when. That can be a sucky thing to just like, you can believe that everything's going to be okay. You're just like, when is it going to be okay? Because this is going on for a really long time, man. Um, And I can't answer that for anybody. But I do feel like it's worth putting out into the universe in reassurance that you will figure it out and everything will be okay. And we have so many ways. There are so many, so many ways to be okay. And that's sometimes sheer willpower. Um, If that only thing is to get up out of bed, go to the bathroom, drink a cup of water. Maybe that's the extent of your day or that moment. Um, And then the next day you get up and take a shower. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's having a conversation. I mean, one thing leads to another in so many different ways. And I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't, I don't know what to say or do that could fix anything for anybody because at the end of the day, that's on us. That's, that's the sucky, but very real reality. Um, that it's ultimately on us that we can improve ourselves out of that circumstance. The circumstance does not dictate who you are, what your future is, what your outcomes will be. It's just the circumstance you happen to be in at that time. So I wanted to 
start off with my wins because I am still riding a really wonderful high from off the mic. Um, and I'm still just grateful. And I have been sobered this year by hard things. And I think the main thing that I've learned at this juncture in my 30s is that hardship is never going to stop. Um, I cannot brain hack or, you know, strategize my way out of it. Things will continue to be difficult because it continues to be a very key factor in how we learn and grow. It's just like, that's the truth. <laughs> um but I, it's still worth acknowledging the wins and it's still acknowledging that I'm proud and grateful and humbled and grounded by everything I have been through. And then I'm just I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful that I've had this this extension of myself and in my expression and that I've had this platform that I've had everybody listening to this who has like actually through verbalization or through just energy given me something positive to feel appreciated or to know that I made an impact um, or just entertained you for a few minutes a day or brought a new idea to your mind or gave you a different resource or referred you to Asian Boss Girl or Perfectly Imperfect or to six ninety nine per pound or to Collabcast or to Books and Boba or to any of the other things that I've mentioned that could enrich your life. That's a thing that I'm grateful for. I'm very humbled that like I my voice or my story is even worthy of being listened to. But I also know that I've been so fortunate to be around other storytellers, other people that when they speak to me or when they share their art or their creation with me, somehow I'm changed. I'm given hope. I'm given um, motivation and inspiration to see past the current situation, to think of something bigger and better and enjoyable and enjoy the process of of learning and growing and celebrating and then going back all over again to square one is that's that's life and so because i'm inspired by others it's a privilege for me to know that i can do that to others as well so i'll continue to work on myself to be open um listening to myself in the course of all these podcasts has been super eye-opening to hear myself and to hear uh how i sound how i interact with other guests how i ask questions how i interrupt or whatever like the entire thing has been so eye-opening and even listening to my own pain back at myself after i say it out loud has been super uncomfortable but really helpful for me to hear myself and to know what it was that i was trying to say or to acknowledge that i said things the way that I meant to say it. All of those things are valuable. So I hope you, whoever you are out there listening, know that I love you, know that everything is going to be okay, that you have whatever it is that you need to get through whatever you're in now um, and fight for yourself the way you would fight for someone you love and um, go to the ends of the earth for yourself and to please do not give up. I miss my friend so much. And I wish he was still here. Um, and that's that. I, I miss him and I wish he was still here. I'm not going to try to romanticize what he did. I'm not going to try to justify what he did. All I'm going to do is move forward and apply every single learning lesson that I ever got to learn from him being in my life and from all the hardship and heartache that came as a result of what he chose to do and what he felt he needed to do. 
Um, I don't want that to happen to anybody else. I don't want anybody to lose someone that they love prematurely. Um, and I want to be there for people who have so much to give. We Everybody has something to give. And um, as I said at Off the Mic, you know, you don't have to be an influencer, quote unquote, to influence. We all have our circles of friends and family and colleagues and coworkers and the strangers on the bus or the person that you're sharing an Uber or Lyft with, like, or that you're getting a ride from, like whoever, the cashier person. We all have circles of influence. Don't ever take that for granted. Um, And because my friend is gone, I want to put it out there in the universe. Thank you to anybody who was ever kind to him and supported him um, and supported me throughout that entire time. I'm grateful that he was on earth for the time that he was. He he gave me, like, he was kind of this invisible force that uh, gave me a lot of encouragement. He was a key person that helped me take the job at Collaboration to believe in myself, to uh, take that role as executive director and um, and to write and to create stuff. And he listened to this podcast and he would tell me that it helped him. And that meant a lot to me, even if nobody else listened. I was like, I'm so glad that it helped him during that time. Um, So yeah, (laughs) this isn't to end it on a sad note. I'm truly happy to be alive. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that I got to meet everybody um, at Off The Mic. And I hope that whatever your circumstance is right now that... um, It doesn't define all of who you are and all that you will be and could be. We're all more than that. And keep fighting and keep loving and keep saying thank you. Keep saying please. Also, I want to celebrate another win. I'm glad Donald Trump's getting impeached because F that guy. I just had to say it I'm because I'm speaking my truth. Supposedly, according to listeners, I'm being I sound more sure of myself. (laughs) <laughs> I love how he said that with a question mark. But um, yeah, I think I've definitely changed since I first started this. And I'll continue to change. And it'll be really funny to listen back on this 50 years from now, if I get that far. Um, but in any case, I love all of you. Again, I'm repeating myself now. I hope that you have an amazing week. Everything's going to be okay. And uh, believe in yourself. Trust yourself. You are enough. If you want uh, a sticker, let me know. <laughs> That sounds so bad at the end of all. It's like, get my stickers. But seriously, if there's a friend who could benefit from it. And again, you don't even need it. You want to draw it. Get a whiteboard pen and just write it on all your mirrors. Just go do it. I'm telling you, it helps. Um, Hopefully I can make something really cute that you want to stick on everywhere. That's the goal. Um, Really big thank you. I've thanked a lot of people. But again, thank you to everybody who's been there for me. This has been a very crazy year. Um, and I have a feeling that this next year is going to be crazier. I had a dream a couple, the night before, no, the night after off the mic that I was running, uh, at one point in my dream, I was running and running and running. And then I was running so fast and so hard that I was running like a cheetah on all fours. I have never dreamt that before. As far as I know, I've never dreamt that. And I don't really dream about running very much. And running is a very symbolic thing when it comes to dreams. And I wasn't running away from anything. I was just running in a direction with purpose. And uh, and another point when I was riding, running so hard and so swiftly that I was actually like snowboard gliding across the ground. There was ease and momentum and that felt magical. So I, I felt, I took that, especially the fact that I had that dream after off the mic. Um, I felt it as a very good premonition that there's something really 
special happening. And before that next hardship comes, I'm going to go with it and I'll fly as hard and as fast as I can to make good things, put them in the world without fear or reservation and fail fast and learn and keep growing. So that's it for this week's episode of First of All. This is way longer than I thought it would be, but who cares? Thank you so much, Aquafina, for your intro. And thank you to Uzohan for your outro. Um, we had Yellow Ranger in the intro and we had Uzi Trap in the outro. I love both of you guys. I'm excited to continue to build this podcast and see what else we can creatively do to implement and integrate more music, more arts, um, come up with resources. I want to hear from you all. I feel less scared to hear feedback from my audience. Um, I've always welcomed it, but now I genuinely want to know what you guys think. Tell me what you guys are reading. Tell me what you you know, want to hear about. I want to hear from you as well. So please uh, do email me, first of all, pod at gmail.com. And thank you so much to my Patreon patrons for being financial backers of this podcast. If you are a sponsor or you know of some sponsors that want to get the word out, I'm not, I will be judicious and I will not take all sponsorships. But um, if you have a cool product, I want to know, like I'm actually on a new entrepreneurial venture of myself, on my own right now with a great partner of mine that I'll announce when the time is right. But I just love that people are out there making things. So if, uh, you know, if we can collaborate, hit me up. Hit a sister up. I'll love to hear about it. But have a great week. And you can find First of All Podcasts on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else you find podcasts. And again, thank you again to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Go check out all the other podcasts on Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of podcasters who are Asian American storytellers. I love all of you. Thank you guys for being a voice and a beacon of light and truth for all of us who feel invisible and just want to be heard and seen. That's it for me. I love you. Peace. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. With a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away. Sick of swim. There's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget. Add the golden arch. Super size number two. Cash. Way that the world ain't budging. Gotta make a power move. Hey, deep in the darkest dungeons. I'm digging up my own room. Hey, hands on the plow. Keep my head down. Keep my head down. Sweat on my brow. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Hey, my dudes now. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.